everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Okay, it's the big St. John's versus St. Thomas football game today. This is a huge game, D3. They broke a record for D3 football attendance, over 37,000 people at uh, Target Field, and it's almost over uh, the last score I saw, the Tommies were up over the Johnnies by three. Um, but it kind of seemed like the Tommies were trying to lose it. Anyway, they just showed a picture of the Minneapolis Police Department. A couple of the MPD officers were holding fistfuls of those twist ties that they use for handcuffs. So um, they've had water stations all over because it's so hot out. And, they, and of course... Um, um, the fans are going all over because, cause, yeah, it's super, super hot out. Uh, but anyways, these cops are holding just fistfuls of these twist ties, and you can be sure people are going to run want to run out on the field. All right. Last week, I was telling you that there is a great event coming up. It's called the Child Protection League. Uh, the organization is called the Child Protection League. They are having a, uh, an event uh, September 26th called Hijacking Their Minds. How Safe Schools and Social-Emotional Learning Indoctrinate Our Children. Uh, It is a fabulous lineup. And right now, Michelle Lentz is joining us. She's going to tell us a little bit about the fundraiser. And hi, Michelle. Welcome to the show. Hey, Sue Jeffers. Okay, so let's start with Child Protection League. What is it and what do you do? Yeah, we are um, an organization located here in the uh, in Minnesota, although we network across the country, and um, and we work to protect children from exploitation, indoctrination, and violence. Most of the time, our work ends up being under uh, the issues regarding public policy, and for the past few years, mainly policies that are being implemented by the Minnesota Department of Education. And very few of those policies that you guys fight so hard against are really good for our kids. And I can't thank you guys enough for all the work you do. And I think I mentioned last week, I forget if it was to Julie Quist or Karen Ephraim, but I said, oh, my gosh, CPL made the made the hate list from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Congratulations. Wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah, political correctness. You know, there's a lot of money on the other side pushing that. Oh, yeah. And then that's. Exactly what this event gets to the heart of, you know, the, what's happening in our schools is, is one issue, and, and it's a serious issue. And, and I think the, the aim for our children is one that we all have to be aware of and fight to protect them from. But we decided maybe it would be better to step back a little and let's address the overarching issue, and that is how um, radical groups – uh, you know, the government establishment, um, certainly the education establishment, uses tactics. You know, they use manipulation, political correctness, intimidation to uh, push these radical policies and then to silence the people who object to them. So we're bringing in a speaker, our main speaker is Stella Morabito. She's just a fascinating lady. Her background is in intelligence. She's now a journalist. And, and basically is just steeped in the knowledge of manipulation rhetoric, uh, uh, manipulation, thought control, manipulation, and how uh, governments, groups, um, 
you know, it doesn't matter if it's your local school board, if you've ever had that feeling of you go and talk to your superintendent or your school board about something that you object to, and all of a sudden you're feeling all alone, isolated, marginalized, like you're a kook, that's a tactic. And that's what we want to educate the public on, how to recognize those tactics and how to resist them when you find yourself in those situations. I'll tell you, Michelle, it is so intimidating sometimes to be in that kind of a situation. I remember battles that I had when my kids were in school. I felt like I was the only one there. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Speak up. Yeah, and it's, and it's um, you know, it's uh, intended to be that way. So Stella's a, a, a kind of a... Um, She's unique in that this is the focus. She's actually, you know, her background is is in Russian Soviet propaganda. Amazing that that's relevant to us today. <laughs> I know, you know, under Minnesota local policies, but the these tactics are are the same. And so she is going to give the keynote uh, talk on that overarching um, uh, issue, and then. Uh, you know our local our local friend who now lives out of state, Dr. Karen Ephraim, is going to talk on social emotional learning. So smart. And if that's a, a new term to people, I I promise your listeners, it's not new to the educational elitists who are running your public schools. Social emotional learning. What does that even mean, Michelle? They uh, they use it. Um, it sounds good, like like all propaganda does. You know, let's teach kids how to be resilient and how to have empathy and how to uh, uh, have the ability to um, resolve conflict. But really what it is is a way to teach them not how to think, but what to think and what to feel and what to believe. And what's even worse is that they go on to then track those beliefs throughout school and Karen will kind of give the, a, 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 a brief overview of exactly what this means. But you've got to ask the question, if they're going to track a child's beliefs and attitudes, K through 12, who gets that information? Right. Do the colleges? How about future employers? Do they get that information? And whose attitudes and beliefs? Yeah, who gets to pick which attitudes and which beliefs are acceptable? Yeah. I think you're going to see more and more people homeschooling, Michelle. <laughs> So when the Child Protection League last winter went to the Minnesota Department of Education's Safe Schools Conference, and I'll tell you, whenever you hear safe schools, just think propaganda. Mm-hmm. You know, it's meant to manipulate people. But we went to their conference, and we realized uh, and discovered when we were there that they were heavily promoting social emotional learning as a way to indoctrinate children not just into all of these radical policies about gender confusion which you know they call transgenderism it's gender confusion but now they're using it to um, teach children to accept Islam not to accept all people but to accept Islam so now now I don't know how you even get that into schools that way but but back in 2013 and then in 2014, when under a completely Democrat-controlled House, Senate, and a Democrat governor, right. they passed a law called the Bullying, the Safe Schools um, uh, Act. This bullying bill that became law was the framework under which all of these policies now are being implemented. 
so these emerging trends in education are are literally sexualizing our children and teaching Islam, and it's all done in the name of you can't discriminate. Yeah, I think it's just crazy. I think especially in uh, elementary school, middle school, and high school, uh, you have no business with that kind of stuff in 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 uh, in in schools at all, at all. I, that's what I mean when I say I think more people are going to switch to um, homeschooling their children. Michelle, can you tell us um, where would people go to find more information about the Child Protection League fundraiser? I know it's on the 26th. I know it's in Bloomington. I know it's at 7 o'clock. Um, not only can people sign up right now online, but they can also sign up at the door. Um, how do we get more information? Yeah, go to childprotectionleague.com. You can register there. Tickets are $35. There's no meal involved because we we just want people to be able to have access to this information so you can buy a ticket at the door for $35. Um, uh, Or you can go to cplaction.com, get the flyer, read the bios on Stella Morabito and Dr. Karen Ephraim. Oh, and by the way, our our local... uh, uh, friend Catherine Kirsten is going to be our MC for the evening. I love her. Yeah, I'm super excited. I should probably just start drinking decaf because I'm so pumped up <laughs> about I, this. Yes. I hope your your listeners will will check it out. What a oh I you know she's been on my show a couple of times. I should have her on again. I love her. She is so smart. What a fabulous group of women. <laughs> and and it's not just for women, right, Michelle? Oh man, we need dads. You know, we, we're we talking about protecting kids. We need fathers. We need everybody in the community because you really have to fight these battles at your local, your local school level. Don't wait for the pronoun police to come around and, and tell your, you know, kindergartner that they've now called a, you know, a boy who is presenting right. as a girl by, you know, the wrong pronoun. Right. Don't wait for boys to show up in the girls' bathrooms. It's, it's really time we have to, we have to fight this battle together. ChildProtectionLeague.com. Great fundraising event, September 26th. It's only 35 bucks. Eat before you go. Uh, and if you, you know what? If you can't go, send them a check anyway. They need all the help they can get. Plus, they have a great lineup of fabulous speakers, and you will learn so, so, so much. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate everything you guys do at the Child Protection League. Thanks again, Sue. Bye. All right. Take care. Uh, yeah, wow. What a great event. Uh Great lineup. Man, oh, man. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When, we're come, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, you were listening to Michelle talk about some of the thing that's, things that's going on in the, in the schools right here in Minnesota. And that shows you how important local elections matter. And in specifically, what I'm talking about is your local school boards in New Brighton this year in November. So just Five or six weeks away, not only will we be electing a new mayor, yay, a brand new one, I hope, uh, and um, re-electing one city council member and electing another new city council member, but we're also voting on school board members, and there's a huge Moundsview school levy, and, I mean, huge, and in case you couldn't tell, I'm furious over it, and we're talking, when I was out lit dropping last week, this guy chased me down the street to find out where I stood on the school levy. We ended up having a lovely talk. I told him I 
wasn't the candidate, and I lit dropped and door knocked half a new Brighton, and he was the first person that had asked me about the school levy, and he said, "I'm I'm happy to pay more. I know my taxes for the just for the schools are going to go up twenty bucks a month." I go or thirty or forty or fifty, and he acknowledged that I was right. And the, I mean, I saw an article today. I think I put it up on Facebook about um, um, uh, the sh- there's a Shakopee watchdog is trying to do some things with their school board. You guys have got to pay attention to these local issues because they're right in your backyard. These people are your neighbors. You elected these people to be your mayor, to be your city council, to be your county commissioner, to be your uh, school board member. They have to listen to you. They work for you and if they aren't listening to you if they aren't advocating for you throw their sorry butts out of there okay stay tuned i'm going to tell you what some of the other city councils and county commissioners and local entities are doing sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 1130 twin cities This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, I got to give a big shout out to Christy Rosenquist. You remember Christy. Christy's uh, hosted my show for me before. She's been a guest on with me. She's so great. She um, She's down in Good Hugh from Good Hugh. Okay, she's still in Good Hugh County. She lives in Good Hugh County. And, <coughs> excuse me, we talked about how... Uh, the county commissioners down in Goodhue County were just rubber stamping this factory hog permit. They'd never done their due diligence. They'd never even filled out half the paperwork or done the environmental reviews that they were. And I am so happy that uh, Christy and her uh, band of friends down there are are going after Goodhue County. Thank you, Christy. Thank you to all the people down in Goodhue County. You know, I told you the story about New Brighton where um, a sitting sitting city council member um, Gina Bauman and uh, a resident of New Brighton, Susan Erickson, had to sue the city of New Brighton um, because they violated the law and they won. And then the city said, no way, we're going to appeal this. It went all the way to the Supreme Court and they still won. You have got cities just out there doing crazy stuff and nobody's paying attention and nobody's holding them accountable. So to the Gina's and the Susan's and the Christie's and all the rest of you out there, thank you to standing up to these thugs and bullies and these people who are just literally breaking the law because because people are you know, they oh it's okay it's okay no it's not okay we have to fight back so this past week we're starting to get more details about the levy up- updates whether it's from the school boards whether it's from your city council uh, New Brighton looked at a, is looking at a 10% tax increase Ramsey County's looking at a uh, 7% tax increase I mean it's just crazy how much money they want to take from you and if you want to keep your money you're the greedy one they're never the the politicians are never the greedy one it's always us because we want to keep our our money oh yeah you know so we can feed our families 
families, keep a roof over our head, save for retirement, send our kids to college, uh, expand our businesses, all that kind of stuff. No, no, it's us that is the greedy one. It makes me so, so, so mad. Um, there's not only are we get, starting to get uh, more details on these tax levies, uh, but also absentee voting began September 22nd. So um, remember, they have ranked choice in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, how many candidates are there in Minneapolis? Like 16 candidates. And you use the ranked choice, one, two, three, you know, which one. And so they have to count up how many ones, how many twos, how many threes. It's crazy. That race in Minneapolis is just never-ending crazy because... Lisa Goodman, who's been around so long, um, I sold my bar 10 years ago, and I think she was there on this Minneapolis City Council the whole entire time, uh, for as long as I can remember anyway. Lisa Goodman is nuts. This past week at a candidate forum, she had to apologize uh, because she handed chewed gum to a challenger. Who does that? I mean, yeah, she's uh, her big claim to fame is I think she got the dogs into the the restaurants. But I tell you all the time about how how important uh, what your local officials are doing. You're no longer not you're no longer just electing these these people to look out for taxes and public safety and parks. They're sticking their fingers into everything, whether it's a menthol ban, whether it's raising the smoking age to 21 just in your city because you're the only cool ones uh, and ignoring all the ramifications, the ripple effect, the unintended consequences that come from it. Uh, St. Paul City Council is also looking to ban uh, takeout containers. There's um Oh, St. Cloud, if you remember in St. Cloud, the city council refused to study the refugee resettlement. There's some real issues up there, and you've got a council that won't even take a look at some of the important issues. In Roseville, they made a commitment to becoming a welcoming and inclusive city. What, Roseville? You weren't before, but now that it's written down on paper, you are? Talk about pandering and condescending and insulting to the people of your community. It's just astonishing to me. Uh, Duluth, you're looking at a sales tax increase to pay for the streets. Why? Oh, because they've been squandering money on everything else but the things that they're supposed to be taking care of. In Minneapolis, you've got a, um, a mayor's race, and you've got one of the candidates who, who who's a representative in the Minnesota House of Representatives. He wants to rethink if cops should carry guns. Are you kidding me? I, really? You want to take the guns away from the cops in Minneapolis? Oh, they can keep it in the trunk of their car and just go get it if they needed it. Need it. What a <laughs> moron! And 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 the people in, in Minneapolis have elected him term after term after term, and it's just astonishing. What, what's wrong with you people there? Uh, Hennepin County. Your commissioners are making you pick up the tab for the Southwest Light Rail Transit thing. That is just absolutely crazy. Ramsey County, they, they, Ramsey County commissioners flat out told you, brace for sticker shock. Property taxes are going up 10 to 20 percent. And then what have you got the county commissioners doing? They're doing, uh, they're, doing more and more of these projects where they take the four-lane roads and put them down to three-lane roads, and now they've got one going on on Maryland between Payne and Johnson. Well, they 
they decided they're going to extend it. They're going to keep it keep it going even longer. No, we want to move commerce around. We want to move snowplows around. We want to move people around. We don't we don't want to be stuck. Do you know Roseville? I don't even go shopping over there anymore. Why? Because I spend so much time sitting at the lights. More more time than I would spend shopping. It's not worth it. I'd rather go to Anoka County. And guess what? The taxes are cheaper in Anoka County, and they're really welcoming. They really like me in an, in Anoka County. And, oh, and you know what Hennepin County's doing? Hennepin County is going to vote on renaming Lake Calhoun to Betty Makasaka. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're they're naming it. What they're what they're doing for it. What they're how to pronounce it? I'm sorry, I don't know how to pro- I don't know how to pronounce it. It's Lake Calhoun. Um, the that um, is another topic for another day. This is just one of those things where I'm trying to tell you how important it is to know what your local officials are doing. The one that really, too, that really got my attention this year or this week. Bloomington votes to purchase the city's last large farm for potential World's Fair use. So Bloomington, yeah, you bought the farm. You bought the farm, Bloomington. They voted unanimously to purchase the city's last remaining large farms, hoping they can use the property for the 2023 World's Fair Expo. And what's even more crazy about this, with this vote, the city's port authority. Is Bloomington a port? Is Bloomington a port? No, no, it isn't a port. But it's amazing what the port authority is doing these days. And lots of places where there's no port. Think of the port authority as the economic development version of the Met Council. And somebody has to do an investigation into into that one. So Bloomington bought... The 60-acre Spruce Shadows Farm on Old Shakopee Road near the Mall of America for $32.5 million. And they, seriously, folks, they are working so hard. Shame on you, Tom Emmer. Shame on you. You actually came out and supported the World's Fair in Minnesota. Minnesota is one of the three finalists to host the 2023 World's Fair. It will be known as Expo 23, Buenos Aires and Lodez, Portland, Poland. I'm sorry, Poland. Uh, It would have been logical to think Portland. Uh, But I hope Argentina or Portland get it. Uh, If Minnesota's bid is selected, the theme for the specialized expo would be healthy people, healthy planet. And, you know, no one spends money like the people in Minnesota. You can imagine how much they would spend to get the World's Fair here and what they would spend. Oh, you can just envision it, can't you? The other one that I really want to warn people about, I've talked to you about this before. We don't have time to go into much detail about it now. Um, but the the city, the Twin Cities is trying really hard now to combat the affordable housing crisis. And the new way that they're doing that is this project called NOAA. And this is nothing but trouble. Uh, Minneapolis, I think, was the first city... Uh, that did it, but the it basically they require advance notice of any property owner's intent to sell any building in the city, and then the city gets the first option to buy it, and they keep saying all the time we're not trying to to get in there and and um, undercut anyone or yeah they are 
Yeah, they are. And how much how much land, property, buildings do you want your city or your county to own and to overpay for? This is crazy, folks. This has got to stop. This is a really important issue we have to bring up in the next governor's race as well. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break now, and I'm going to switch from local to uh, state because there's some stuff that's happening at the state level, too. Oh, my God. I told you they went on the bonding tour. The bonding tour started August 15th. They have been all over the state. Do you know they already have a list for 2018 for the bonding bill? $3.2 billion have already been requested from assorted entities across the state of Minnesota. I will remind you we had a billion-dollar bonding bill last year. We don't need a bonding bill next year. And these people... Oh, oh, yeah, they want to max out the credit card. Max out the state credit card again. Okay, stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Hey, Stan, was, did Andrew just say Tom Hoke was going to be on air Monday? I think he did. He's one of the mayor candidates in in many are you jamming in there yeah you are look at that head go look at all of you go whoa okay um that'll be interesting i was in minneapolis lots and lots and lots of signage for him and yeah i always yeah i do have to spend time in minneapolis sometimes i know it's frustrating um Okay, I was telling you that the legislative session this year in Minnesota doesn't start until February, like February 20th. Remember one year, it's a two-year budget deal, so one year is supposed to be the budget, the next year is supposed to be uh, a bonding year. Uh, they did a bunch of stuff last time. I was not happy. Way too many, way too much spending, not enough tax cuts. Uh, government just got bigger, 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 bigger. So ridiculous. Remember, I know we have a Democrat governor, but come on, we got Republicans in the House and in the Senate. And of course, we're spending <laughs> boatloads on that lawsuit because Governor Dayton decided to unfund the legislature, but that lawsuit will keep working its way. And the uh, Supreme Court's going to have to rule. Something's going to have to happen. But I warned you, August 15th, they started their bonding tour, and they've been crisscrossing the state, going to all these entities, the University of Minnesota, um, Crookston, St. Cloud, all, all over, crisscrossing the entire state. They now have some $3.2 billion in bonding bill requests to choose from. And knowing the legislature, they'll just max out that credit card again. It is so ridiculous how much money they spend and borrow and they are just doing such a disservice to us and to future generations and the and the needs of the future generations. so it makes me furious let's hope we show a little restraint next year and you know why i know we'll get another billion dollar bonding bill because it's an election year and everybody has to bring home some goodies uh for their constituents so that they get reelected. and uh next year we have all the constitutional offices in minnesota all the house of representatives uh u.s senate is up and um well and the entire both the house of representatives in dc and in minnesota so it it's going to be an ugly ugly election season i think but for now enjoy what we have i also told you last year about court cases 
because I had given people advice several years ago that the only way we're going to win is to start suing people. And so we did. We started suing a lot of people. And then Obama and Dayton appointed all the judges, and then we started losing again. And now that's why we're so happy Trump's there. He gave us Gorsuch, and he's uh, Trump is going to actually get to appoint more judges than Obama um, appointed just because so many of them are old and there'll there'll be more openings. Okay, that was this that was the quick version of that. But yeah, he's going to get to appoint a uh, a whole bunch of them. Uh, so we're going to have to work our way through Minnesota and then the Eighth Circuit and then up to the Supreme Court. And I keep telling people when they say, "Why did you vote for Trump?" I said, "Neil Gorsuch. That's it. Judges. That's my big thing. Anything else is gravy." Although to be fair, I did believe the Republicans, the spineless wimps that they are, I did believe they were going to repeal. Obamacare, I should have known better because, yeah, because they're dumb and a total disappointment. Uh, Anyway, I like to follow the lawsuits that are going on. And I told you one about North Dakota sued uh, XL Energy and they said, you know what? We're not going to pay for Minnesota's clean indoor or clean um, clean air policies that they renewable energy policies that they've put in place and North Dakota won. So now it came out uh, this week that XL Energy is looking to legally separate its electric utility operations in Minnesota and North Dakota. And they have been combined for over a hundred years. And North Dakota said, Hey, you stupid idiots in Minnesota. Why? We don't want to pay for your, your expensive boutique. Uh, energy we want we got oil in the ground baby we're gonna we're gonna keep going with that um so this will take a long time it will cost millions of dollars but i would just like to point out folks once again it is so important who we elect for the next governor it is so important who we keep in control in the minnesota house and the minnesota senate the people that we have there now are wrong for minnesota And I know the Republicans control the House and the Senate. Um, I know Governor Dayton's uh, a Democrat. We can do better. We deserve better. And uh, and I know I fight with my friend John Gilbert all the time because we well we both agree that we have the dumbest Republicans in the nation here in Minnesota, and it's true. And we just cannot get away with electing more people like Kurt Doubt. How is Kurt Doubt still the Speaker of the House? How? Why isn't he removed? It is so ridiculous. Uh, Speaking of governors, all the DFL governor candidates came out, well, five of the six of them said they would favor raising the gas tax to pay for transportation projects. Think about that. It First of all, it's so regressive, hurts the poor terribly, hurts all of us. Uh, we're, again, they're so greedy. We're greedy if we want to keep our money. But if they want more of our money, they're not greedy. They're they're you know, that that moral authority drives me absolutely crazy. And notice they said for transportation projects, not roads and bridges, transportation projects. I also think you have to keep your eye open because. Whereas the Minnesota Senate isn't up for election for another three years, um, you're going to see some turnover there. Dan Schoen is a DFL state senator. He is looking at running for state auditor. Carla Nelson is looking uh, to run for con- Congressional District 1. Uh, Hagedorn's the favorite down there. Uh, but she's expected to make her decision very soon. Uh, Michelle Benson is being looked at as a... Um, Lieutenant Governor 
candidate. She already said she wouldn't run for governor, but uh, Michelle Benson's look being looked at as a lieutenant governor possibility for that. Um, and these can, and then when you look at the squishes like Jim Abler and Julie Rosen and and some of the others over there, uh, you could see the majority in the Senate flip. So we could have some uh, some races that would. Uh, change who who's in the majority we have some races that we would actually have to work super 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 hard to win i'm in i'm in with the right candidate i'm in i'll door knock i'll let drop i'll do whatever to make sure that we start electing some republicans in minnesota that have a backbone that can lead us down the road that we want to that we belong on that we deserve for sure um the okay so you're also hearing and seeing our, our newspapers are our television stations have been just incredibly um, harping, 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 harping over and over and over again about income disparities and how the statewide medium income in Minnesota is 68,700 people for white households, but only 33,400 for black households. And I've seen this everywhere in the Star Tribune, in the Pioneer Press, on WCCO, on CARE 11, on um, KSTP, I don't know if I saw it on Fox 9 News. I try to watch all different news stations and at different times of the day to see how they're portraying each different topic. I figure know your enemy. Some of them I I like better than others. Some I think handle one story really well and another one really horribly. Sometimes I don't care for their uh, anchor or or whatever, but this is really important. I want you to stop and listen to me. I want you to understand what they're saying and understand, truly hear what I'm saying to you. When they talk about the statewide medium income for Minnesota being 68700 for white households, but only 33400 for black households, I want you to key in on the word household. Not not individual income. I want you to key in on the word household. And this is this is um, this is a really important issue because what do you think is going to happen if you compare households versus personal income? The households that only have a single head of household generally make about half what the two parent households make or two people in two people households make. So I want you to just keep that in your mind all all the time. Racial equity and racial equality are are stated goals and you're going to hear over and over and over again how Minnesota is ranked second worst for the US for racial equality and racial equity. This is important people because we're going to have to we're going to have to be on the offense and the defense on this one because this is this is an issue that we can win and i stands yelling at me to take a break so we'll have to get into more of that um when we come back um i want to take a quick break when i come back i want to i want you, i want to ask you what the hell's wrong with liberals why are their minds so open-minded that their brains fell out and then I want to, I am so, so, so frustrated about the Republicans' inability to repeal Obamacare. And I am so frustrated at the lies that the Democrats tell. And that includes everybody from Al Franken to Jimmy Kimmel to, 
A lawyer, I know. Stay tuned, everyone. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Lumber liquidators today. The Joe Pag Show. You guys are great. I'm just going to drop a little truth here. Weekdays at 5, right after Hannity. Now we're all having a talk show. And now we're all telling jokes. We're all having fun. Only on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, in, really enjoyed having you guys spend part of your day with me, and uh, I, I truly, truly appreciate you. So I've decided liberals are so crazy, they're so open-minded that their brains fell out, and I chose just a few little, a few highlights to to show you what we're what we're up against, and I, I, I'm. I'm hard-pressed to figure out which one drives me the most crazy. This week, Keith Ellison, Keith Ellison compared illegal aliens to Jews in Nazi Germany. Did you see our media cover any of that? Why, no. No, you didn't. Uh, Hillary Clinton said women voted for Trump because their husbands told them to. Anybody hear that in our... In our media, no, no, no. Oh, and that's not condescending at all. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's not that's not a sexist comment. Yeah, no, no not at all. Not when you do it against the man. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said, "Let's face it, Dreamer's parents did something great by breaking our laws." Mm-hmm. Did you hear that one? Nope, nope, nope. And in the meantime, you've got Samantha Power and and other people in the Obama administration, in the Department of Justice, in the IRS. In um it, it it in their other in intelligence agencies, um ignoring the fact that President Obama and his administration they weaponized these these agencies against the American people. They spied on an incoming president. It, it's just staggering and unbelievable. And people are. Oh, ho-hum, ho-hum, no, nothing to worry about. And then you've got um, you've got a Democrat senator who is 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 being investigated. He's on trial. He's on trial for pay for play, for corruption, for all of this stuff. And the Associated Press uh, Twitter account says uh, AP Senator Bob Mendez doesn't even mention that he's a Democrat keeps up a steady pace of Senate work as he heads into his third week of his federal corruption tr- tr- trial. How nice must it be uh, to have the press spin for you? They do an article on how hard he's working in the Senate in spite of being charged for a federal federal corruption. I don't even remember what the charges were. Here in Minnesota, Esme Murphy, Esme Murphy, Channel, Channel 4, Esme Murphy... Oh, spare me, Esme, tweets out Monday, CNN healthcare debate, the defining moment for Amy Klobuchar, who combines the vibe of the smartest person in the room with the mom you want to sit next to at PTA. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, my God. And kudos, kudos, kudos to Howard Root. Uh, thanks again for filling in for me a couple of weeks ago. Kudos to Howard Root, who retweeted Esme and said and, and wrote, said by reporter who combines vibe of Democrat Party shill with too much partisanship to stomach, which is so, so, so true. And then you got you got a candidate, um, Dean Phillips. Dean Phillips, oh, I drove by his family's vodka company. Um, Dean Phillips, poor guy. Okay, he's never been in politics before, and, and he likes to stick his foot in his mouth, and he likes to tell you he hasn't quite figured out what he's going to, uh, what his position is on anything yet. But Dean Phillips, um, this is why you shouldn't vote for him down in CD2. Which, by the way, if Dean Phillips was running as a Republican, they'd be attacking him for the vials of alcohol, the evils of alcohol. Um, but no, he's running as a Democrat. Um, and he said he does not provide health care because it would cause him to lose money. And but it's OK. The rest of you, you you can go ahead and lose money as long as as long as his liquor company doesn't lose money. That's all. That's all good. Okay, my big frustration this week, of course, is they haven't repealed Obamacare. Um, I, I think they have to start over. They, the Republicans have screwed up from the minute Trump was inaugurated. Okay, nope. From the minute the legislative session started, the minute, um, the, minute the gavel dropped out there in D.C., um, Donald Trump said he wants it repealed. I want it repealed. Everybody wants it to repealed. And the Republicans have screwed it up. Every time they mention it, every time they bring it, I don't care if you're talking about the skinny bill. I don't care if you're talking about the house bill. I don't care if you're talking about the Graham Cassidy bill. None of them were a repeal of Obamacare. The mandate is still the law and the next Democrat president that we see will make the mandate uh, will will reinforce the mandate again with even higher penalties. Uh, the Everything that the Republicans try, have tried have been more bailouts. It, the bottom line is it's no repeal. Um, and, and bad legislation is is still bad legislation no matter how you look at it. And, and when you look at this was promised to save us all money, instead it's tripled premiums. You're looking at families now who are paying premiums of $20,000 a month. This is so ridiculous. If you're one of the lucky ones who gets a subsidy or if you're rich and it doesn't matter, then then you know what? You don't care. If you're working, if you're getting your if your employer provides your coverage and you're wondering why you're only getting a 2% pay raise every year, that's why. Because the cost of your health care continues to skyrocket. And I, I, I'm still so frustrated because the fools are still trying to use if you have an insurance policy as measurement of a successful delivery of health care. And people, it isn't. Health insurance is not health care. Insurance isn't care. How many times do I have to say it? So I think the Republicans have got to uh, start over. Don't give me these excuses that these that these. This can't be done. It can be done. You lack the will. You lack the backbone. You promised us. You promised us for for seven years. You promised us that you 
repealed it. And it's hurting all of us. People are spending so much money on their insurance that they aren't saving for retirement. They aren't paying down their credit cards. They aren't saving money to go to college. They aren't going to college. Uh, they aren't buying a house. They're, they're, it's, it's impacting the economy in ways that people do not even think about. And, and I want people to understand this. Don't confuse Obamacare with Medicaid, with Medicare, or the Obamacare expansion of Medicare. Don't confuse it with MinCare or managed care or employer insurance. These are all different things. And this is what I mean when I say um, the Republicans have to start over. Repeal all of Obamacare. Every word. Every single word. Everybody knows it's a disaster. Democrats knows it's a disaster. Um, government created this mess. They screwed up health care. They screwed up insurance. Uh, they, 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 they screwed up all of it. But we have to start over. We have to start over and address Medicaid and Medicare reform. Uh, get rid of managed care. Uh, get rid of employer insurance. Um, there's so many things that we can do that we will do. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk much about the reinsurance. Well, we'll get to it next week. That's okay. Um, and don't even get me started on the pre-existing issue, which is a whole separate issue. Oh, Stan, where does the time go? It goes fast. Oh, today went really fast. Really, really fast. Well, now that I only have like 20 seconds left, I can't even ask what your show's about. So you have a really good show. I'll be back again next Saturday. I'm sure I'll be loaded for bear. I'm sure Stan's going to have a great show next hour. Uh, And we got some big, exciting changes coming up, hopefully, to the Saturday night lineup. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.